1: hello and welcome in to a monday episode of the phnx feedbacks podcast right here on phnx my name is derek Montilla. of course i'm your mayor of phnx this is your vice mayor also your Thunderstick, jesse friedman the diamondbacks
0: are seven games over 500 Derek, what there are 7 games over 500. They have the third best record in the National League behind only the Braves and the Dodgers. Just as we all expected.
1: Can I get you right? Can I get you to say 7 games above 500 one more time? The
0: Diamondbacks are 7 games above 500.
1: Can we get little mini Cattell going up the up the <laughs> mountain? Let's <laughs> No, when would they stop? I I just I love that little thing. Uh but yes, the Arizona Diamondbacks come fresh off their 12th Series win or split. Uh, I got to put that part in there because they have split a lot of series. (laughs) Non-loss. Non-loss. Non-losing series of the year, which is fairly impressive because this team, uh, of course, not a lot was expected out of this team. and we knew that once they got into May that they should be winning a lot of these series. But as we saw in game one against the Pittsburgh Pirates, that's not it's easier said than done. We had Zach Gallon on the bump. Zach Gallon obviously had one of his worst starting starts of his career. and, you know, it, things didn't look so great, especially with the Brandon Fott on the mound in game two. but Fott had himself a, another solid outing, another very encouraging outing as far as his development as a major league pitcher
0: yeah yeah i thought brandon fought looked uh better once again um he i mean it was a heck of a a pitching matchup right it was brandon fought against (laughs) mitch keller uh you know it sort of felt like you could chalk that that came up as a loss almost from the beginning with how how well mitch keller has pitched this season but you know Brandon Fott didn't outpitch Mitch Keller but he he held his own in that game. He did. Uh there were there were still some some ugly moments uh you know some some things to work on for him but he was able to hang in there and give the D-backs a chance to win uh and the Pittsburgh Pirates bullpen was not at all good in this series uh the Diamondbacks Correct. uh took advantage of that uh, a couple of times really in in both the Saturday and the Sunday games. Um but yeah somehow uh, things were ugly on Friday Derek of course that was the one the one game of the series that we were here doing we a post game show of course. course which seems to be a trend around here we all we always pick the best games to do post game shows uh but yeah you lose 13 to three with Zach gallon on the mound uh you know that's a that's a real gut punch and the D-backs bounce back as they have often done this season. And somehow we're talking about a series win over a pretty good Pittsburgh Pirates team.
1: Yeah, a series win that saw uh, starting pitching not be very good across the board for the Arizona Diamondbacks. In fact, Brandon fought uh, going five and a third, giving up six hits, three earned runs and two walks uh, with three strikeouts was probably the best performance uh, in the in the three series. Merrill Kelly was doing fairly well yesterday, and then he ran into a bit of trouble that kind of uh, an inning that seemed to never end, which happens at times for this team. Um, But I think the most impressive thing has been the bullpen throughout this series, right? The way the bullpen has been able to not only give the Diamondbacks length, but also to uh, help them maintain these leads and win these games.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the D-backs bullpen had a bit of a clunker in the Friday game, but everything was a clunker on Every, Friday. Yeah, everything nothing, was bad nothing, nothing Nothing worked. Well. Yeah. Uh, and two of two of those five runs that the bullpen gave up were, were by
1: Jose Herrera. Uh, I guess we have to point that out. but <laughs> No, we don't. Jose Herrera <laughs> deserves his flowers for what he did on Friday, to be honest. Maybe you uh, honestly honestly, I joke about that, but what Jose Herrera did maybe permitted the Diamondbacks to be able to win these other two games <laughs> because of the fact that he gave them— no, just not having to use another bullpen arm excessively in a series that they yeah. did use their bullpen a lot. That's that's fair. I'm not that's trying to fair. act like he yeah. saved the day, but <laughs> we should like, be
0: giving Jose Herrera the king snake, Derek. Yeah, absolutely. We're making, we're making Jose, you're our king snake. We're, we're all get that
1: changed up there, Dave. No, I'm just joking. Did you see those
0: fifty um, six mile an hour breaking ball stairs? Oh, they were
1: gorgeous. And then he switches speed between fifty six and eighty two? Who yeah, does that?
0: Yeah. It's a 26 mile an hour <laughs> gas like that? that's That's <laughs> legit. Um, no, but yeah, the, the D-backs bullpen really is. It was a huge part of why they won the yeah. Saturday and Sunday games yeah. um, on in yesterday's game on Sunday. Four innings, no runs McGuff um, and
1: Ginkle. Those two. Yeah, guys Scott McGuff to and get Kevin them Ginkle. Uh,
0: and, and yeah, I mean, the D-backs opened up a, a pretty big lead there. So it uh, wasn't necessarily high leverage at the end, but. Uh, it was a close game when Scott McGuff was on the bump, and then uh, in the Saturday game, very close game all the way through, three and two thirds innings, no runs there. Uh, following up what what you talked about before, uh, a pretty decent Brandon Fought start, but not the kind of start that um, you know. Like we said, he didn't really outpitch Mitch Keller. He kind of just sure. kept the D-backs within a run. Uh, kind of you know got them to a point where they were where they were hanging around, and uh, Palm Beach Garden Zone Paven Smith was able to. Uh, you know, hit that two-run shot that, that gave the D-backs the the lead there.
1: Let me say something crazy. I actually think the win on Saturday was potentially one of Tori Lavallo's best managed wins because of how well Keller was pitching. And the way that the Diamondbacks were able to put something together there when he was he was his pitch count was only at like 80 pitches. And to be honest, there's a good chance that he might have been able to even go two more innings, not just one. Uh, The Diamondbacks were able to get into the bullpen uh, just by, you know, by 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 trying to score runs, by trying to manufacture runs. And it really felt like. Uh, it wasn't like I, I, I would have felt the opposite way if I was a Pirates fan. Like I would have been mad that they pulled Keller out of the game with the way he was pitching, uh, regardless of what the Diamondbacks were able to do against him there in his final inning of work. But it was it was a well-managed game that was a close game and the Diamondbacks were able to steal that one. They've been fairly good at times in these close games, and that's something that they really weren't last year. So that seems to be making the difference as far as them being seven games over five hundred. The other thing is they are just taking care of business against teams like the Pirates. That that first game was ugly, but to bounce back and still win the series after that first game, game—that's uh, it, it shows a lot about this team, right? It really yeah. shows they the, the answer backs thing feels like it's bigger than just a catchphrase. It really feels like this team does answer back.
0: Yeah, I mean, the D-backs were down 3-1 to one, uh, going into the sixth inning in that Saturday game. It was not really a game that was setting up to be... A win for them and and you were probably willing to accept that it's like all sure. right it's Brandon fought against mitch keller like you know hopefully in a couple of years brand this is a this is a start that brandon fought can win but you don't necessarily have you're not necessarily expecting that from him at, at this stage given the, sure. the early struggles that he's had in his career so that was huge for for the d-backs to come back and something that's really just occurred to me in, in the last week or two is that For the Diamondbacks, the the pitching matchup does matter. I don't want to say it doesn't, but the Diamondbacks are 27 and 20, despite having three-fifths of their rotation, giving them very below average performance, right? Tommy Henry is a five ERA. Ryan Nelson is a five and a half ERA. I don't know what Brandon Fotz ERA is off the top of my head, but it's still very high. And the D-backs, despite having three-fifths of their rotation composed of guys who are not pitching well on the whole, the D-backs are 27 and 20. Like, they've had a lot of pitching matchups that have not gone their way, and yet they're finding ways to win these baseball games anyway. It's incredible. It's it's because of their position players. It's because they have yep. Corbin Carroll and Lourdes yep. Gurriel and Christian Walker and Geraldo Perdomo and Catel Marte. And... It is it is the deepest lineup that we've seen in a long time, and that allows you to win games where where the pitching matchup's like, oh man, we got no shot, or, or oh man, this is this is pretty lopsided. And there's another one of those this afternoon, right? It's Tommy Henry against Zach Wheeler for the Phillies. <laughs> yeah. And yet you feel like, okay, you're not necessarily gonna bet on the D-backs to to win this game. This is probably the the one that's set up worst for them in this series against the Phillies. But when you have right. the offense that the D-Backs have, You can't you can't really count them out against against any opponent. Uh,
1: William Laguna says Zach Gallon's worst game, but won the series is great to expect going forward. Uh, We can do what what we can do. Uh, Oh my Lordis! Lordis continues to be incredible. Uh, He increases his uh, career high hitting streak to yeah. 14 games yeah. Uh Catel Marte extends his on-base streak to 21 games. And like you said, it's, they're just getting it from everywhere. When you take a look at the contributions from this team, it, it's it's hard for us at times to pick a King snake because the contributions kind of came from everyone. You can't really pinpoint a specific person at times. That was the reason why. Uh, but uh, the, the position players are doing great things and honestly the, the depth that the Diamondbacks have in their, You know, uh, in in minor leagues and and these guys that have been able to be called up like Dominic Fletcher and add something to the lineup, Uh, not just add, but Dominic Fletcher continues to be just an absolute nightmare at the plate for opposing pitchers. So this is. Uh this team is really rolling on all cylinders right or not I shouldn't say that. That's what I just said was completely wrong. They're not rolling on all cylinders, but the offensively, <laughs> the the position players are doing well. Uh and and this team is seven games over 500 without having all of their parts working all the time at at the, at the same time. Right now during this series it was really starting pitching that struggled and if we look, take a look at the numbers in the series, you can kind of see here how valuable uh the relief pitching was there compared to the Pirates relief, uh, relief pitching, uh, still even winning (laughs) two games in the series, uh, 19 runs to 15 runs because of that first game.
0: Well, yesterday's, I mean, the Sunday game was setting up to be like a really close, like, you know, maybe like a one run win something like that. Right. Uh, and if that had happened, the, the, the run differential would have been enormously in the pirates right. favor uh only because the, you know the d-backs were able to, to scratch across a few more runs in that sunday game and open up a bigger lead we're only looking at 19 to 15 uh difference here but uh yeah on the whole i mean the d-backs probably got outplayed in the series i mean they didn't have as many hits as the pirates they didn't score as many runs uh the pirates hit 400 with runners in scoring position in this series That's which is, is insane uh but the Pirates did almost all of their damage in that Friday game, yeah, right? It's, yeah. it's the it's the age-old, like, save some for tomorrow, right? <laughs> I tell and, you. Uh, the Pirates
1: didn't do that in this series. Baseball series do not uh, have aggregate scoring, so there is no carryover from one game to the next until we look at these numbers. And that's what's been funny about these numbers when we look at a series. All of these series for the Diamondbacks get really close, no matter how much the Diamondbacks blow out a team. Uh, when, when it comes down to the series numbers, this is one of the few times where it just looks tremendously in favor of the Pirates when you look at the starting pitching ERA and what they were able to do with runners in scoring position, even out walking the D-backs. And yet the Diamondbacks were still able to walk away with two games in this series. Uh, the errors for the Pirates really were compounded. The oh Diamondbacks Diamond did a good job for the of, taking, of... Taking, taking advantage of that. That was so
0: ugly. How many wild pit like what? <laughs> there were moments in that in that game where the Pirates did not seem like a major league baseball team <laughs> and, and the Diamond I mean the D backs had their issues too, but it was kind kind of a weird game all the way around. But uh, you know, those are the those are the, not every win has to be pretty and, and yeah, Sundays right. wasn't at times right. but like we're
1: not we're not all pretty every day. All right. Speak so, for yourself, Derek. I mean, Jesse, let's say. let's go on. You, you've had some days with some bags under your eyes after staying up until 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Not the only one seeing that. Uh, Clutch That's Connect fair. says, we are slithering in all cylinders. I like that very much so. Uh, Gabriel Ferrer says, love seeing Carol walking so much. That Preach. fraud outman has like 60 strikeouts Preach. and 10 walks. Rookie of the year, my ass. <laughs> let's talk uh, about it. Talk let's about talk it. Let's talk about it. Say it louder for the folks in the back, Gabriel. Uh, Brett Johnson says, do we have any word on if they are going to have a replacement for the home run they got rid of that thing so incredibly fast that I would say no. But, yes, I was looking up new headpieces yesterday. I did find a Medusa <laughs> headdress that was very fetching. I thought it would be great. It looks like a crown. Uh, Skeletor's in the chat. It's always great to have Skeletor in the chat. Oh, Amen! Yeah. Uh, he says a pretty sloppy series overall, but we are quite scrappy. And that's exactly a great way to talk about the Diamondbacks, yeah. right? Quite yeah. scrappy. Uh, in fact, per Fangraphs, the Arizona Diamondbacks playoff chances now sit at 47%. <gasps> not quite, not
0: quite to not quite to 50. Oh, but we're so close. It nervous. hasn't, it hasn't quite tipped over uh above 50%. It's not it's not likely According to fan graphs. So 47% is actually a lot higher than it was at the beginning. Of it the was season. a lot higher than it
1: was yeah, at the beginning. It's, it's uh, incredible. I believe, weren't they in like the 20% range or something of that? Might range? have been. Okay. Yeah, I All think right. it was 20, maybe a little under 20. Sixth yeah. highest, uh, by the way, playoff chances per the National League behind the Braves, Dodgers, Brewers, Mets, and Padres. D backs are projected right now to finish. 84 and 78. You're such a fraud. Get out of here with six game? I mean, There's that would seven. mean
0: they would go one game under 500 the rest right. of the way. That's right. Impossible, uh, but... Im- I, impossible, but I say. Yeah,
1: you're right. Uh, <laughs> more teams just behind the D-backs in playoff odds. The Phillies, which are 44.9%. St. Louis Cardinals, which are inexplicably at 44.4%. And the Giants at 388 <laughs> you Fame 38. Perhaps will not give up on No, the no, Louis but, <laughs> no, No, and nor should you. Have you seen the way they're playing lately? The St. Louis really Cardinals well. are incredible, yeah. but... Uh, I guess the question there is, is are they too high on any of those teams? Maybe the giants that seems fairly yeah, the high. Giants on
0: the giants at 39%, yeah. like
1: right behind the D backs.
0: Uh, I don't know I about that. Um, I could maybe see where, you know, like the rest of the way, if you project the giants to maybe be about on par with, with the Diamondbacks. I don't, personally agree with that but i could understand why like a projection system would maybe think that um but at this point i think the diamondbacks are a better team than than the san francisco giants uh the giants just there's a number of guys in in that lineup and in that rotation that they were relying (laughs) on in a big way this season and those guys just haven't really panned out unless you know multiple guys suddenly turn it around i don't really see it coming
1: together for the giants talking jake uh brett johnson will never let you forget uh, under 74 wins, yeah,
0: 73. Way. That was his yeah. Ac- yeah, That was his projection. Mm-hmm. Nope, we should keep a running tally of like how bad the Diamondbacks would have to be the rest of the way for them to actually finish with 73 wins because at this point, <laughs> you have to Pretty really bad. hate Pretty the Diamondbacks
1: bad. to get yeah. them to 73 wins at the end of the And year. how can you hate the Diamondbacks, right? I mean, the Diamondbacks just seem like one of those teams that would be hard to dislike, even if you're in the NL West. Could you not have a little respect for the scrappy snakes from the desert? Come on. Uh, And speaking of scrappy snakes from the desert, we have our king snake for this series. And, of course, it's our baby boy. It's Jose Herrera, right? It is. uh, Yeah, it is Jose Herrera (laughs) for that inning of relief pitching. No, it is Corbin Carroll. Let's go, Corbin Carroll. Three for eight, one home run, three walks, three stolen bases. Uh, The fastest man alive is back.
0: Yeah, he really is. Uh, Corbin Carroll had not stolen. He had not attempted a, a stolen base since the knee injury entering that series. And you kind of felt like that wasn't a coincidence. And maybe Correct. the Diamondbacks were telling him, all right, you know, kind of get your feet under you a little bit. Um, and uh yeah, I mean, obviously the the base stealing game is a huge part of what Corbin Carroll brings to the team. And he was three for three in the series. That was great to see. Also, the walks people were mentioning before he had three walks in the series. On the season, Corbin Carroll is hitting 284. 382 507 which is a superstar level of performance and somehow some way at 22 years old that's basically what Corbin Carroll has shown himself to be at this point which is which is really more remarkable uh and going back to the James Outman Corbin Carroll comparison that I know everyone is there is no no
1: comparison (laughs) Jesse
0: James Outman has a 33.1% strikeout rate, which is extremely hot. Very hard to maintain good offensive numbers over the course of a full season striking out that much. Uh, and we're at the point where, although his numbers for the season are still very good, James Outman is still having a great season overall. Uh, they they are not as good as Corbin Carroll, Derek. At, at this point, be. at this point, Corbin Carroll has the better offensive numbers. He has. Is slightly higher in fan, in FanGraphs WAR. Uh, he's obviously bringing more on the base paths uh, defensively. Probably bringing a little bit more. Uh, I think Corbin Carroll is back in the driver's seat at, at for Rookie of the Year, even though it's it's May and we probably shouldn't be talking about this. But oh, everyone we're wants gonna absolutely to. So talk about it all year I'll, long. I'll, I'll play the game. Corbin Carroll is uh, is in the driver's seat right now. I will defeat James Outman.
1: That's all that matters. <laughs> That's all we really want. Uh, clutch connects is how can you not love Corbin's hula hoop batting stance? That yeah, little shimmy, the shimmy. It's 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 akin to a snake, right? It's letting you know that something bad's about to happen to you. It's trying to warn you, right? That's what that right. is about. Uh, it's like we, what we said about Corbin in the beginning of the year, though. And I think when you know James Outman got the the Rookie of the Month or whatever he got for April, there's going to be guys that come and go, right? There's going to be names. There's going to be guys that for a week are going to be the talk of baseball, and then next thing you know, you're going to hear about them getting sent down to the minors. The difference between the other rookies and Corbin Carroll was that we just had this hard-to-shake feeling that this guy was not going to be one of those type of players. He was going to be a guy that came up to the Major League, stayed here, and contributed to his team winning all season long. Outside of that injury, we haven't really seen him slow down. And like Jesse said, there's a good chance that the reason why he wasn't attempting stolen bases on the base path was because he was told not to. There's still going to be extremely cautious with Corbin Carroll. Maybe Zach Gallon is the only other player right now on the roster that they would be more cautious with perhaps, but there, there are guys that mean so much to the future of this team that the Diamondbacks are not going to jeopardize, you know, their health in any way just to win a few games or whatever. If they have to take it easy with a guy and that means them not being able to produce as much or add as much to the team, they're going to take that, you know, that precaution, especially with, the youth that they have on this team. It's always going to be yeah. these guys' health as a priority over, you know, the team winning. But at the same time, it's great to see Corbin Carroll getting three bags in the series because that really means yeah. uh, Corb him is back. What what really stands out to me too is
0: like just thinking over, over the history of of this franchise, the D-backs, the D-backs have had some big name prospects for sure, but they haven't had that many big name prospects who came up and had this level of impact right away. Right. Uh, I guess Paul Goldschmidt who was not actually that highly thought of when he was first called up he was pretty True. good right away yeah. uh, there was the, the game against Tim Lincecum right he was oh, yeah. absolutely destroying oh, yeah. Tim Lincecum from, well, from day one and, to be fair, and he the- had a pretty he wasn't a superstar in his first full season but he was a pretty good player that year He
1: became a fan favorite right away though simply yeah. based on his name his name was That's like fair. just something that people are instantly were like, Goldschmidt? What well, and this? and he became a fan favorite because
0: Tim Lincecum was a
1: really fun oh, yeah, pitcher hated him. at the time. We hated him here in Arizona. Well, we still kind of hate him. Love you, uh,
0: Tim. You know, I, the Tim Lincecum, like looking back, Tim Lincecum was one of the more fun pitchers to watch. Oh, in, yeah. In, I'm in not this, saying it wasn't. Game. I'm
1: saying it's kind of like Brandon Crawford where he just slaughtered us all the time. It was yeah. hard to like him. You when just when felt- he just. Yeah, Brandon Bell. No, That's Brandon, what I was thinking. Of Brandon, Brandon Bell. Bell. I was uh, uh, Crawford, but I think Brandon Bell was the one I was actually thinking of. Brandon Bell
0: was a hardcore Diamondbacks oh, killer. For, he, for, oh my we God, kept him that employed, man. Jesse. Yeah. That what do you man. mean he's a hardcore <laughs> Diamondbacks killer? We kept him employed. The fact that he had
1: so many <laughs> games against us. We made us him in millions. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Speaking of millions, you can make millions, perhaps about millions upon millions. You can be like our DNVR crew who bet on the uh, Nuggets to win the whole thing over there, and maybe they might end up. Uh, with a whole lot of money if they do. But uh, we are partnering with our friends at BetMGM for all of our lines and everything this season. We're going to be out at their sportsbook at State Farm Stadium, and you should join us out there as well. Uh, by the way, every Saturday and Wednesday on the Bet MGM sportsbook app, you can claim your bonus bet on the house. Fans will automatically receive a bonus bet upon logging into their account. Bets expire after 72 hours, so don't wait. Bonus bets can only be used on any sports wagers, but they give you free money for you to make more money on. Uh, So sign up today for the Bet MGM Sportsbook app if you haven't done so already. Uh, We're going to have, by the way, our Knockout Nights Cornhole League that I was talking about on the first Friday of every month out there between May and August. There's going to be food and beverage specials, giveaways, Bet MGM prizes, and so much more. Uh, Shows are going to be broadcast live on site as well, so you can catch me and Jesse out there doing this very show, uh, and so much more. So if you haven't signed up, For BetMGM, yet, use bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live, but for our Arizona audience, you will get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, make sure you use bonus code PHNX. Check out the full show notes for full details. And now listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. I needed another reason to sign up for the BetMGM sport, uh, Sportsbook app. I'll tell you this much. I got it, and I apparently got a discount on my hotel room this weekend in Las Vegas. So those MGM properties, wow. it's all tied to one account. So it's the same account that you would use for uh, gambling inside of the the casinos in Las Vegas as well. So so many reasons to sign up for the BetMGM app, but discounts on hotel rooms in Vegas, Definitely a good one. Uh, We thank you guys for being here right now on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. If you haven't signed up uh, for notifications or subscribed, you should do that now. That way you don't miss when any of our shows go live. Leave us a thumbs up. We love when you do that. If you're listening on your favorite audio podcasting app, uh, please subscribe to us there if you haven't done so already. Leave us a review. We always appreciate that feedback. Most importantly, join us over here at Phnx as a diehard. You can get a diehard membership at gophnx.com. It will give you access to all of Jesse's articles, inc- including full count newsletter that Jesse has. You also get access to our members only Discord. You get a free piece of merchandise from a phnxlocker.com every year you're a member. You also get twenty percent off all future purchases. You also get exclusive merchandise offers. You get exclusive invites to events uh, and so much more. Discounts with our partners. $50 of a voucher voucher to mountain Mike's pizza. So join us today, become a diehard member. It, it pays for itself right away. Uh, and of course you can help us plan the show. Whenever you have ideas that you want us to talk about, you can send them to us in the discord, but we also do this thing on Twitter that many of you know about, uh, every week on this show, right? Jesse, J- Jesse makes me say this, but every week on the show is shark <laughs> week. Uh, every day on the show is earth day, but every Monday we go to the mailbag, Damon, let's go my mailbox always something interesting in my mailbox i try to get to everything in my mailbox and then once in a while there's a letter that makes me go wow wow my mailbox he is the one that makes me say shark week he just (laughs) argued with me about it well you know it's true all right what do we got damon first question in the mailbag uh it comes from joey yahomi on twitter and joey asks who will be the odd men out when zach davies returns zach davies according to reports looks very good jesse
0: yeah well it's mostly because those poor double a hitters have never seen how a change up like how that. dare you <laughs> it's funny how like you know no, nobody is watching zach davies pitch in the big leagues and and you know being like oh that this guy's this guy's Incredible. a number one or a number two star well, wait right? wait for a week we said that for, for one yeah, week on this show he's we we the said best that pitcher ton. on the d-backs for for the first week of the season but uh But, yeah, it's funny how you take a guy who in the big leagues is kind of mediocre to maybe a little below average, and then you stick the guy in double A for a rehab assignment, and he looks like a freaking stud, right? It's (laughs) amazing. It's it's amazing. But, yeah, it's because these (laughs) these poor hitters in double A, I mean, they're trying to hit what is basically the best changeup in all of baseball or one of the best changeups in all of baseball. Uh, Zach Davies uh, has made a living with one incredibly elite pitch and a whole bunch of not very good pitches. And and he kind of makes it work and turns it, you know, it turns himself into a number four starter. So Uh, as far as who replaces or who he replaces when he comes back, Derek, it's a it's a pretty tough question to answer at this point. Uh, From a scheduling standpoint, I think he would line up to start, uh, the same day that Brandon fought would line up to start for whatever that's worth. Uh, we've seen the Diamondbacks do some some gymnastics in in uh, recent weeks as, as far as those things go. So if they want to they want to remove someone else from from the rotation, I think they I think they could probably find a way to do that. Uh, so yeah, I mean you've got Tommy Henry uh, starting today. This is a big start for him. I think if Tommy Henry has a real clunker, then maybe you look at him as being the the guy who would be most likely to go. Ryan Nelson starts on starts tomorrow, starts on Tuesday. If he has another good start after his his pretty solid outing against the A's, then it'd be pretty tough at that point to move him out of the starting rotation. So uh, I don't know is is the simple answer. I mean, it's
1: it is close on all fronts right now. What's your gut feeling like? I mean, I know we have nothing to go based on anything. We haven't heard anything. But what do you feel like? Because I feel like still at the end of the day that Ryan Nelson is their guy to keep in the rotation. That's what I feel. I feel like Brandon Fott in his last two starts has done enough to encourage me to say we don't need to send Brandon Fott down. Is that going too far, considering that they weren't against extremely strong opponents? Yeah, it's
0: it's hard to say. I Brandon Fott from you know the results have been better, uh, and he has pitched better. But I still wouldn't say that these last couple good starts that he's had have necessarily been, oh, like that guy is flashing number two, number three starter stuff. It's still like, okay, he's not really getting guys to chase much out of the zone. He's not really getting guys to swing and miss quite as much as you kind of hoped he would. So I still don't really view it as being like a full scale turnaround for Brandon Fah at this point. Um, That being said, he's trending in the right direction and and. Unfortunately, the bar that the D-backs are setting right now with these three spots is not particularly high. All these guys have struggled. I checked the other day. I'm pretty sure that Tommy Henry and Ryan Nelson, opposing hitters, have exactly an 837 OPS against both of (laughs) them.
1: Literally the the exact same number. So
0: (laughs) I would lean towards Ryan Nelson staying based on the A, like you said before, based on his start against the A's. I think he just has... Pretty good stuff, He's which shown, we've always known about him. Right? We've always known the fastball is really good, and he has some interesting secondaries that are a little shaky, but I think we've maybe seen those come around a little bit. Tommy Henry's just not striking anyone out, which which is just concerning in the long run. Yeah. I just don't know how he can continue that in, in the long term. Uh, and then Brandon Fott, you know, was just so bad in those first two starts. If those hadn't happened, we probably wouldn't be talking about him being removed from the rotation, but I'm not sure he's quite done enough in these
1: last couple to necessarily counteract that. Cole Cunningham brings up a great point. I'd say Nelson gets moved down since Torrey probably wants to keep a lefty in the rotation, but if not, then I'd be fine with moving yeah, him Yeah, that's down. fair. There's it also the thing totally that fair. Tommy
0: Henry's the only lefty. I don't know if the D-backs necessarily put that much stock into having one lefty in, in the rotation. I don't think they would make it
1: If it's a a push, you might end up going with the lefty just because, right? And I don't think that either of these guys uh, wouldn't be great in the bullpen considering how their performances have gone. We kind of know these young guys have been able to give us a strong couple of innings before we see things start to fall apart for them. But uh, again... Tommy Henry, Ryan Nelson, Dre Jamison, these are all guys that the Diamondbacks very much still want to be starting pitchers of the future for this team. So I think they're still very, very resistant to doing that with any of them. I think that's the reason why, at the end of the day, we saw Dre Jamison stay in Reno and not come back up to the bullpen. We've seen them go with several other options of adding those guys to the bullpen versus going to Dre Jamison. And I'm a bit doubtful now that we'll see any of these three guys, even if they don't work out in the starting rotation, in the pen. I still think, though, in my opinion, it's a good idea. I still think they're very good pitchers. I think this season is going in a direction for the Diamondbacks where things are starting to get very exciting for this team. And I would like them to solidify their bullpen with with a long relief guy that can go three innings and and help them out on some of these shorter outings that we've seen, even from Zach Gallant. Right. It's yeah. not Like it's not like it's just Brandon fought, Ryan Nelson and Tommy Henry that have needed to be bailed out early at times. We've seen it from all of their starting pitchers. So uh, I just I'd love to see that length in the bullpen.
0: The, uh, the other thing that I mean, Dre Jamison, right? He's in he's in Reno and he's pitching pretty well down there. Uh, his last start against Sacramento uh, a few days back, six innings, five hits, two runs, no walks, seven strikeouts that's pretty darn good stuff from Dre Jamison down in the PCL the start before that six innings, two hits, one run, three walks, five strikeouts. The two before that weren't quite as good, but on the whole, it's a pretty decent body of work uh, from him down in down in Triple A. And it's not just Zach Davies coming in and replacing one of these three guys. It very well could be that whoever the other two left over are, if they continue to struggle, then Dre Jameson could very easily yeah. come up and plug one of those spots. Yep. So at the end of the day, I don't think any of these three guys necessarily have a very long leash right
1: now, given the depth that the D-backs have in the minors. Which doesn't probably help with their anxiety and everything that these young guys are going through. There's probably a lot of not. pressure on them. However, <laughs> let's be honest. like That's something that this the, these guys need. Like They kind of need that pressure at this point. We're getting to a point in their career where there is constantly competition for a starting rotation spot. And it hardly goes away unless you reach the levels of kind of what Zach Gallen is doing right now and what some other, the the other best pitchers in baseball are doing, but it's never guaranteed for you. And all of these guys are just learning that this is going to constantly be part of the process and hopefully they can adapt. All right. Next question, Damon, what do we got? Uh, Jacob Giacoma asks, is there any concern for Lawler slash line is pretty bad so far this year? I I would say, yeah. I mean, I have concern for Lawler. I, I know for a fact that we weren't, like huge on his defense, but offensively, that was where he really provided a lot to this organization. And that's where the focus I'm sure was going to be on him for, for going forward. The defense can be fixed. He can be taught things. He can get better at it, but the offense looked really good and, and it doesn't this year. So I don't, I don't know. I know he, I know he's gone through a lot of ups and downs this year. I know he's been uh, injured a couple of times, but for the most part, I I think it's uh, I think it is concerning.
0: Yeah, it's a little concerning. In May, Jordan Lawler is five for fifty-one at the plate. Yikes. With seven walks yikes, yikes, and two strikeouts. He's he hitting ninety-eight in the month of May with a two seventeen on base of one seventy-six slugging percentage. The guy hasn't figured out double A yet. That's that's the reality. I know he did get off to a pretty hot start. He had pretty good numbers there uh for the first few weeks of the season, but Uh, He struggled in in double a last year, even though Jordan Lawler had a really good year overall last year, uh, he made it all the way up to double a and he sort of hit a wall. And I don't think anyone was was concerned about that at the time because he I mean, he moved so many across so many levels in one season. Just making it to double a in the first place was an incredible accomplishment, but he hasn't figured it out yet. (laughs) And uh, he was good in the fall league last year. I don't think the uh, I don't think the Arizona Fall League pitching was Maybe quite what it is at times, it seemed like the level of competition uh, as far as pitchers went in in the AFL was maybe a little down from
1: from what we're normally seeing. We've alerted Brett Johnson to, uh, to, to, to Lawler's numbers, and I'm worried. I'm worried for Lawler now that Brett Johnson knows this information. Yeah, it it's
0: I, I'm not overly concerned at this point. I've actually heard pretty good reports about his defense. So that's good. Um, so that's it's that's certainly a yeah, that's certainly a positive. But the guy's 20 years old. You know, if if he if he doesn't make it up to the big leagues at the end of the year, like some of us suspected, that's okay, right? I mean, he would have been he would have been getting to the big leagues even earlier than Corbin Carroll did, which was already really early. So. There's no reason to, to rush him up. You want him to take his time. You want him to figure things out. Uh, but it 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 just might not be quite as quick of a progression as we saw with Corbin Carroll and as people were hoping he would maybe do.
1: Uh, Brett brings up Ryan Bliss. He says Ryan Bliss, though, he's killing it. Ryan Bliss was the Diamondbacks minor league uh, player of the month for the month of April, by the way, double uh, A Amarillo. He hit 410 with a 1.050 OPS with eight doubles, two triples. Two home runs. fourteen He's, down, he's RBIs. down to 378 now. Down to 378. It's awful. Awful. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's he's killing it. And I mean, that's the thing about it. There's a lot of names that a lot of people aren't familiar with in this organization that are really good players. Blaze Alexander is another name that comes to mind. The, the Diamondbacks have guys like Dominic Fletcher kind of in spades in their minor leagues. And a lot of those guys aren't getting an opportunity right now because – the Diamondbacks yeah. don't need them yet at this point. The other, but.
0: the other Dominic Dominic Canzone has also had a pretty good, pretty yeah, good is. year down in Reno. He's, sure. I think, he's majorly ready. It's just like you can't bring up another left-handed hitting outfielder right now, so uh, he's going to have to wait. But I, I think you probably will see Dominic
1: Canzone in the big leagues at some point this year. That's a great point. What else we got, Damon? Next question. It uh, comes from William Laguna, and William asks, is, is there starting pitching? Ro- uh, is this our starting pitching rotation going forward, rookies in between Kelly and Gallon? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that— Well, not when Zach Davies I, comes back. Well, yeah, no, not when Zach Davies comes back. But I think I wouldn't be surprised if the rookies end up falling in between Gallon, Kelly, and Davies. If you're going to get uh, actual length out of those guys to split it up where you see Brandon Fott remain where he's at and maybe put— uh nelson or henry in that what fourth spot i mean it just makes sense as far as giving the diamondbacks some sort of uh consistency maybe so the bullpen a little bit of a break if you if those guys haven't been going more than five innings it it would make sense here's what i'll say
0: if the diamondbacks are still in contention as of the trade deadline and the the two rookies whoever they are uh who are in the rotation at that point assuming it's still gallon kelly and Zach Davies, there would still be room for two rookies. If those guys are still kind of struggling as they are now, I feel fairly strongly that the Diamondbacks will go get a starting pitcher at the trade deadline or at least make an attempt to get a starting pitcher and kind of see where, where that takes That's them. Big. Um I I'm answering think, other
1: questions. Yeah, yeah. Now we're gonna
0: we're, we're gonna <laughs> get we're gonna get more into this <laughs> a little bit later. But yeah, if the Diamondbacks are in position to contend. You have to kind of think big picture here, right, Zach? Zach Gallon. You've only got two more years of this guy after this season. There's no reason for the Diamondbacks not to be pushing all of their chips in right now. I don't know if it would be like a a frontline starter. In fact, I feel fairly strongly that it wouldn't be. It would more be like another Zach Davies type, maybe maybe a little bit of a higher level than that, just to add some stability. I could agree. You you would want a guy who could viably start a game three of of a of a playoff round right uh right now you feel pretty good about zach gallon going in a a game one merrill kelly in a game two after that the d-backs would sort of be doing a bullpen game or something i don't i don't know if any of their current starters you'd really feel comfortable in that spot so adding some depth to the rotation could be something they they look to do at the trade deadline if they're still in the mix so i'd be pretty surprised if the d-backs um you know if it was just kind of these same guys uh that we that we have right now the entire season
1: will it be Corbin Burns will we get Corbin Burns from the Milwaukee it, it will
0: be it will be yes I can report right now that the that's Diamondbacks all I, that's all I want <laughs> that's all I want I just want Corbin Burns Corbin Burns has had kind of a weird year he yeah. like wasn't striking out guys really in the season but he I mean he's still Corbin he's Burns. mad um, he's still mad he plays for the Milwaukee Brewers who are in first place in the NL Central. I don't think the Brewers are going to trade Corbin Burns, but we'll get more into that later.
1: What about Herman Marquez from the Rockies? Is that more of a reasonable? Herman Marquez is injured.
0: Herman Marquez just had Tommy John surgery. I oh, okay,
1: okay. Uh, yeah. I forgot about that. that, that yeah, you true. don't that don't, don't be, uh... trade for Herman Marquez. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. That's a bad idea. What else we got, Damon? Uh, Carlos Santana, uh, Dread324 on Twitter, asked with the question surrounding the bottom of the rotation, do you think the D-backs make a trade for a starter? There it is. There's the question. <laughs> we just got ahead of it. And, yes, who, who do they target? I think we just answered that question. But I, regardless of the direction they go, I think pitching is going to be their focus, whether it's relief pitching, whether it's starting pitching, no yeah. matter what I feel like. They don't pitch- really need Like, if you were to get a position player for this
0: team, who what, would you get? Po- what position would you even be looking for? Third base. I guess, yeah. I mean, Rojas and Longoria haven't been great, but like Rojas is still kind of part of your long-term plan. And Emmanuel Rivera has been hitting very well. Emmanuel Rivera has been hitting well. Yeah, I just I don't know if I really see it for a position player. Um, I mean, maybe maybe you find another another bench piece or or something. But sure, yeah, I think it's all going to be up pitching for them at the trade deadline. The bullpen for sure. Uh, Pretty much no question there if they're if they're in the mix at the trade deadline, they're going to try to improve this bullpen and getting a starter. Like I said earlier, makes a lot of sense right now.
1: Welcome back, Calvin. Calvin says I haven't followed the D-backs for some time, but tuned in this year. Don't know all the players, but their uh, record signals some hope. It absolutely signals some hope and join us. Come on, come on down. We'll teach you all the nicknames that we've made up, all the <laughs> things we scream at the top of our lungs when the Diamondbacks are are down or up. Uh, Connor Mormon says, You're saying the Zach Gallen clones won't be ready for the playoffs. The Zach Gallen clones still can't count to three. It's really weird. There's <laughs> There's definitely some issues in the programming that's going on with the clones, but hopefully we can get them online before the playoffs. So. Do the White Sox have any pitchers that maybe we could grab? Oh, yeah. Luca, no, Lucas, that's definitely a great Gialito point. Lucas Giolito yeah, is, is a name that, that somewhat
0: somewhat uh, intrigues me. Um, they are very far out of the race at, at this point. So far. Scott Barlow did, from the Royals. They did get a sweep, though, which the
1: Diamondbacks can't
0: do. Sorry. Yeah, good like job. Lucas Giolito is a good pitcher. He is a 3.62 ERA this year, a 1-1-2 whip, 12 walks compared to 60 strikeouts in 59 and two-thirds innings. He would be a big acquisition. If I'm not, I need to check real quick. If I'm not mistaken, though, I think Lucas Giolito is a free agent at the end of the season. Correct, uh, which
1: would make him a trade candidate, I'm sure, which because, would definitely make him uh, seems
0: more likely candidate. he'd be back. If he's, if he's a, tr-
1: if he's yeah. a free oh, agent yeah. Oh yeah, for there. a rental, but that's the thing is, is then what do the diamondbacks give up? How much do they give up? And of course, yeah, I think I'm once ahead getting ahead of another mailbag Monday question. We might I have feel left. like the D backs would rather get a pitcher who has like at least a
0: year and a half of control so that you're not just making a move for 20. Cause that's you're going to have to but give that's up something be so
1: hard, right? That's going to be very hard to get yeah. a guy that has a year and a half of control. It
0: is. Yeah uh but yeah i don't, I don't know it, like would you would you give up real prospect capital just to go for it in 2023
1: and i don't know the, if you feel strong cogs wants about to trade team. the greatest italian baseball player to ever live for shohei otani <laughs> i don't know if I, the d-backs uh, would never do that i don't that's think a, the that's, a that's, that's a crazy trade for the d-backs <laughs> you got here all you guys want is to trade for otani what else we got there damon Last question for this segment says comes from Jacob. So many Jacobs in this, in this segment. I feel like we should get Faj in here. He says, why do you disagree with me on the bourbon thing? Walker, 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 Walker is way better. Look, I don't disagree with you on that. Our Walker song, which goes Walker, 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 single, double, triple, Walker. He hits dingers. Christian Walker having a day at Chase Field. He smashes balls. See, walk. That's how the song goes. And yes, you're right. That is better than the bourbon thing. But the reason why is because Christian Walker is a man of class and dignity. And he at times has been known to fill his entire locker with bourbons, not the liquid like bottles of bourbon, not like fill his lock. That would be silly if he filled it with bourbon. But uh, he does. He is a fan of, of bourbons and meats and cheeses. And he's kind of just like this folk hero that we have going on. I think someone asked, which isn't one of our Mailbag Monday questions, but... Is Seawalk possibly an MVP candidate? No. Which is the answer is no. The answer is
0: no. Christian Walker can be a fantastic player I don't, I don't and not be a, an MVP candidate. Like those two things can can't exist this. in the same universe. <laughs> I don't even think he's the Diamondbacks MVP, if I'm being honest. No, when you look at some of not. the
1: slash lines from the Diamondbacks players right now. Paolo Perdomo
0: is the best player on this team by I mean, a wide we, margin we right there. <laughs>
1: we knew that. That's no surprise at all. But I'm, I'm not even joking here when you take a look. At some of the numbers from this team because this team is raking right now. You have, uh, let's see, uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. hitting 304. You have Emmanuel Rivera hitting 321. Dominic Fletcher, again, the greatest Italian baseball player to ever live, is hitting 343 with a 917 OPS. Uh, And Perdomo, once again, hitting 317 with a 940 OPS. I think runners in scoring position, he's hitting 9000. I don't know how that's possible, but (laughs) that's just what I've heard. So I don't know. (laughs) Right now, no. The answer is no. Christian Walker, uh, not an MVP. And when it comes yeah. to you wanting us to get rid of the bourbon thing, that's not going anywhere either. Meats, <laughs> cheeses, bourbons. That's what you need to send to him every time he hits home run. <laughs> uh, speaking of meats and cheeses, at least you guys should check out our friends at mountain Mike's, by the way, uh, they have some wonderful locations in Mesa Chandler and Tucson, which you can go check them out. They have a gigantic 20 inch pepperoni pizza. That is actually the only pizza known to have defeated me in eating it alone by myself. But uh, they have a lunch buffet. That's absolutely incredible. And, of course, we got to thank them uh, for the food they send over because they're always keeping us well-fed here at PHNX. But you can head over to mountainmikespizza.com or to their locations in Mesa, Chandler, or Tucson uh, to place your next order. Remember, new diehard members get that $50 voucher upon signing up, which... Come On pretty much pays for the entire membership right there. So get yourself over to mountainmikespizza.com and get yourself a diehards membership while you're at it. Uh, before we go on to more mailbag Monday questions, we got to give a shout out to More Furniture. Uh, more is the place for you to furnish your home no matter what you need. The weird part about furniture is sometimes you just don't think of going to a furniture store. To purchase something like I was there and they had standing, you know, the desks that go from sitting to standing. That's so that's incredible. Everybody should have those. They should be in all of our offices. They should be in all of our houses. Everybody needs to stand sometimes. It's pretty great to stand at a desk and work. I got to admit, it's something that looked uh, like, you know, crazy person behavior until I did it. And then I was like, you know what? Yeah, this is kind of amazing. So
0: I was converted uh, not that long ago to a
1: standing desk person.
0: Yeah, well, well, I I wouldn't quite go. So. Hybrid, hybrid is what we're talking about. Yeah, like open to the possibility. before I would not have I would have thought that was utterly ridiculous why on earth would you intentionally stand for like hours upon hours because you
1: couldn't have a chase lounge
0: lined up right Right. next to it
1: right of course that doesn't make any sense to Jesse (laughs) if I can't if I don't have a chase lounge (laughs) then I'll
0: just stand because it's not worth you know sitting on whatever bum office chair you're going to have around Jesse
1: Jesse lays out while he writes it's very uh, it's very weird but (laughs) that's why he needs so many chase (laughs) yeah that's actually
0: like sort of Truth. like i definitely <laughs> i definitely am like lounging around on the couch or something when i'm writing most of the time but it makes
1: sense it anyway. makes sense but you can uh save big on the best furniture in the valley when you head to morefurniture.com and don't forget to check out their white glove delivery service which will not only bring your stuff to your house but they'll put it wherever you want it so uh, shout out to more furniture and now we got more mailbag monday questions what else we got there damon Next question comes again from William Laguna. Uh, he says, Carson Kelly is on 60 day IL now. What does that mean for our catchers moving forward? Uh, I got to say, once again, I, there there's no quantifiable evidence to say at this point that the Diamondbacks won the trade with giving up Dalton Varsho, who was one of the best players on this team last season. But considering the injury to Carson Kelly, that this trade was the best thing the Diamondbacks could have Done, because Gabriel Moreno has been such an addition to this team. Uh, I mean, you would have literally had Jose Herrera splitting time with Dalton Barcio, who couldn't be at his best. They wouldn't have made the trade uh, in, in the outfield behind the plate because they simply would have needed him at that. Uh, forget the impact that Lordis has had uh, and this hair, this hair, this hair is still here. Uh, this purple You're hair situation. too many hats, Derek. People I, um, forget that I you know, have purple hair. I know. My, my mom, I, I had to hide it from my mom today. I didn't want to, you know, uh, answer. I didn't want to answer too many questions that's, about why that's I had understandable. purple hair. But, uh, <laughs> definitely, Lordis and his purple hair. That's a whole other thing. Like, the production from both of these guys is incredible. But as far as catcher goes, we do know Carson Kelly is due to come back. He, he's not going to miss the entire season. He's a few weeks I think, away. How long would you estimate at this point until we see Carson?
0: Yeah, I I talked to Carson about a week ago now, and he was cleared to swing. And I think we talked about this on the show the other day. He was throwing out to like 120 feet. Don't have any updates since then. Uh, so let's not, just say he's
1: two months out because that's probably a safe estimate now because I know it's he's not too.
0: Yeah, he's definitely not two months. Out. Right. Right. He's probably a few weeks out would be my would yeah, be my guess. Uh, and as far as like the roster move of putting him on the 60 day, that's sort of just semantics. Uh, it helps clear. A 40-man roster spot for the D-Backs. It does. It's mean retroactive back yeah, to it's when it's retroactive he did it. back to the injury which happened before the season started. So those 60 days are gonna be up in probably about a week. So uh so yeah, him being placed on the 60 day doesn't change anything. The D-Backs honestly. Could have done that from the very beginning. Maybe they just didn't because they suspected maybe it's possible he's back sooner than 60 days. Uh, but, yeah, them doing it now, it doesn't really make a difference. He could still come back in about a week and be eligible to come off of that list. All but, right. yes, getting the the trade has been very significant. If the Diamondbacks did not have mm-hmm. Gabby Moreno,
1: uh, their catching situation would be very different this season. It's just crazy what it would be. Like, it really is because, I mean, again, we, we now are to the point where we're kind of, you know, uh, again, frustrated with the fact that Moreno isn't getting more time. Right. Um, and, and honestly, he's playing a lot. Like he, he's, yeah. he's playing way more than he would have had Carson Kelly never been injured. Uh, but I mean, again, this is going to be probably a split time situation with Carson Kelly. Once Carson Kelly gets back, if not, Carson might even end up getting more playing time than, than Gabriel Moreno, which was essentially the plan in the beginning. I just think Moreno has done enough to prove what an asset he is to this team. He's done a great job behind the plate, which that seemed to be more of the question about him rather yeah. than his offense. His offense has been great, but behind the plate, we've seen him do some pretty impressive things.
0: Yeah, he, yeah, Gabby Moreno is, I mean, you're you're just kind of starting to see it come together, and I still think he's very much in the early stages of his development as an offensive player. Uh, you're seeing him As we've talked about recently like he hits over 300 and yet he's not that much of a net positive offensively because he's not really drawing walks and he's not really uh he's not really showcasing much power at this point it's pretty much all singles but he's still 23 years old right i mean it's really insane for gabby moreno to be this quality of player uh not only at the at the dish but also behind the dish i mean he is he is an incredible defensive catcher so Uh, imagining the Diamondbacks without both Lourdes Gurriel and Gabby Moreno, is it's hard to envision them being where they are without those two guys. Shout out to the Back It Up
1: Binge podcast. They said just came across your show. Great job. Thank you. Welcome to the party, pal. Uh, Cog says how much control do we have left on Carson, and could he be a deadline piece? Potentially. I mean, he does have one year of arbitration control left, and then after that, he's an unrestricted free agent in 2025. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what the plan is, but From from for all intents and purposes, Gabriel Moreno seems like the catcher of the future for this team as far as who they're going to focus on and and things like that. Carson Kelly could be expendable potentially. I will say that's one thing that sucks about missing time. When you miss time and the the team and and the game didn't really miss you. Like there wasn't this big like with Gabriel Moreno and Jose Herrera, there wasn't this big loss behind the plate without Carson Kelly there. Right. And then that just kind of makes the team Kind of factor in how much how how easy it is to potentially replace you uh, and not bring you back. So who knows what the future holds for Carson with this team. But yeah, I do think that Gabriel Moreno is the is the catcher of the future.
0: Yeah, he's definitely the catcher of the future. I, I would think if the Diamondbacks were to trade Carson, which is something we suspected that they might do. Right when they made the Gabby Miranda Correct. trade. Yeah, we thought uh, that was an option. In our emergency pod, we are like, all right, Carson Kelly's out. There's no question. <laughs> uh, and then Mike Hazen, 24 hours later, was like, yeah, no, we're not trading Carson Kelly. But
1: I mean, um, with the time left on his contract, it makes sense, considering you want Gabby to get some time. You yeah. want him to be behind a veteran guy. You want him to learn from somebody else. Right. Carson's a great dude. So, like, there is very little doubt in my mind that Carson Kelly would be the kind of guy that would share everything he knows about catching with someone like Gabriel Moreno, even if internally he knew that he was kind of training his replacement in a way, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think if the Diamondbacks were to make a move there, they would probably wait until the offseason. I know there are some concerns yeah. with Gabby Moreno's workload. Uh, he did not catch more than, I believe, 70 games in a season in, in the minor. So uh, he is tracking well north of that. So I think the D-backs very much will value Carson Kelly down the stretch and get it, getting Gabby Moreno off his feet even though he's the catcher of the future uh it'll be interesting to see how they approach things over the offseason uh you know connor's making a, a good point that you still are losing something with carson kelly for out sure, because for sure. jose herrera said spent decent offensively he's held his own more Straight than he on the did mound. more than he did yeah he's been extraordinary <laughs> he absolutely replaced carson
1: out of the bullpen that's for <laughs> sure carson ain't getting back on the
0: mound <laughs> uh but yeah, the D-backs definitely have lost something there. Uh, Carson has been a little hit or miss offensively the last few years, but he's he's a step above Jose Herrera. Jose, generally well-regarded defensively, but we have seen some some mistakes for now and then that Carson maybe doesn't make. So there is still a drop-off there. It's just a way... Uh, way smaller
1: drop off than there would have been if Gabby Moreno wasn't here. Carson Kelly to the Cardinals for Jordan Montgomery confirmed. That's what I'm seeing in the uh, in the chat. All right, yes, what else? Absolutely. <laughs> what else we got? <laughs> uh, Sean McNally asked if the trade deadline was this week. What is your realistic outgoing package for a trade? We got a lot of questions about who they would trade for, but uh, you know the, the outgoing package I thought was interesting about this. Like who do the Diamondbacks? Package and trade. The problem there is I feel like a lot of situations would involve giving up too much. Um, And especially in a trade package, I would say would probably involve minor league players. The diamondbacks at this point, Mike Hazen at this point have been very clear that for the, at least for the short term for the next, like maybe two seasons, they're not, they're not in the market to add more prospects to their minor league system. They are in the market to make the major league club better And I think that any outgoing package most likely is going to involve some of their very, very good prospects. And I think that we talked about uh, Dominic Canzone earlier. I think with all the left-hitting outfielders that this team has and how ready he is to contribute at a major league level, I think Dominic Canzone would be a big part of that package.
0: Man, Ivan Melendez has an eight, eighty-three OPS. Yeah, he so does. I'm, ge- I'm getting sidetracked. Jesse, right? you can't but do don't, that. Don't start looking don't, up stats in the middle of the show. You're going to get distracted. I don't think the Diamondbacks are going to trade Ivan Melendez. But no, no he's um, the
1: Hispanic Titanic. It's the greatest, uh, weirdest nickname ever. <laughs>
0: um, yeah. So, I, my what I suspect is that the Diamondbacks, in addition to having you know so many left-handed hitting outfielders, there's definitely room for them to to make a move there. Uh, They also have a lot of these young pitchers who are right on the edge. Uh, Tommy Henry, Ryan Nelson, Brandon Fott, Slade Ciccone, Blake Walston, Bryce Jarvis. It's a lot of guys. It's almost too many to actually give them all a fair shot, right? Mm, So I could see the D-backs kind of narrowing in on the guys that they believe in the most. Um, Or even maybe they have to part with one of the ones that they like the most in order to bring in Uh, some value at at the trade deadline. Again, it's still really early to be having these conversations. I mean, the trade deadline is more than two months away. There is more baseball to be played between now and the trade deadline than what we've played up to this point. I want to emphasize that we are we are less than halfway to that point in the season. Cogs is um, drunk.
1: Cogs, you're underage. You should not be drinking this
0: at this time in the afternoon. Canzone, Carson Kelly, Nick Ahmed, Ryan Bliss for Corbin Burns. Yeah, there's no. What is wrong with? There's you? no way. There's no <laughs> way the Brewers. Would. The problem is that Car- Carson Kelly and Nick Ahmed have minimal. Carson Kelly probably has some trade value. Nick Ahmed, uh, maybe even negative trade value at this point. And I'm fairly um, certain Corbin Burns is a free agent after this year is he, I, he might have some time
1: left on his contract i, I felt like he was up. i felt like he was uh, relatively close I don't, to being a free agent
0: I, yeah i think he's close but i don't think it's this year um he is a free agent after next year okay. so you'd get i mean there's a year and a half guy go get go get corbin burns uh but again the brewers are in the race the brewers are not trading corbin burns know, uh unless they unless they fall out of things <laughs> so Let's Uh, hope they do then, Jesse. Let's hope (laughs) they do. But yeah, I think it's left-handed hitting outfielders and it is uh, potentially one of those young starting pitchers and yeah, you know, maybe, could be it. maybe some lower-level guys right. on top of that. That's kind of what I think uh, they have to work unfortunately, with.
1: Unfortunately, I don't think Tommy Henry was ever really rated high enough as a prospect for him to be involved in the deal, so it would most likely have to be like a Ryan Nelson. Then that's uh, – or, or 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 you know, maybe one of those guys that are still in minor leagues that we haven't seen yet, but yeah. that's scary. The, the idea of losing a prospect we haven't even seen at a major league level frightens me because that's – that's when that's when we stopped talking. We, we we never stopped talking about a trade like that.
0: The Brewers did trade Josh Hader. That's true. The Brewers have they done did. some odd things, but yeah, I, I don't I don't know if I, I mean Corbin. Like they had so many weapons in the bullpen that, as strange as it sounds, they could sort of do without Josh Hader. Even though I don't think that was a smart trade for them, they hard. cannot do without Corbin Burns. Brandon Woodruff is hurt right now. Corbin Burns is a very, very big part
1: of that baseball team right now. And so I
0: don't I don't see
1: it. Charles Woodall Pike says, We already made one super terrible trade with Milwaukee in my lifetime. I don't need another one. You are absolutely right. Let's move on. What else we got there, Damon? Uh, next question comes from Michael Rokiki. And Michael asks, If Alec Thomas is in Reno, how can he be the young PHNX king? I feel like the throne needs to be passed. He also asks, Is Philip Evans the new Stone Garrett? Ooh. Well, Philip Evans is tearing shit up right now in Reno. That's for sure. Um, but Alec, I don't know. I don't know. You're the I mean, you're the, the mayor of nicknames right now. This so is this, a tough This one's one. all you. I mean, <laughs> it, we have a lot of kings, right? We have our speed king. We have our wrist king. We have our young king. Uh, Alec Thomas. I don't know. Like, when Alec Thomas grows of a certain age, do I need to take the young king <laughs> moniker away from him? I don't know how. Like, I, I mean, he's not at that point yet, right? Yeah still 23 years old. I mean, and there's there's a lot of rappers that are over 30 that still use Young in front of their... Young MC is not fucking Young anymore, but he still goes by Young MC, right? So, I mean, maybe that's something that sticks around. Uh, honestly, I, I I miss Alec Thomas, and I hope to see him back here soon. I think that uh, Alec Thomas's defense is still something that we don't really like he was so good he's like what we've said about Christian Walker at first base right he's so good that you just get used to him being there and then when you see somebody else play first base you're like what the hell stretch out for it man get the ball like, you know, <laughs> how did you miss that it's because Christian Walker makes everything look easy over there it's and i think true. that Alec Thomas does the same in center field so hopefully in Reno he can get his swing back together and figure out what's going on with his mechanics especially that leg kick and uh and and you know, come back up to the majors and contribute to this team winning.
0: Yeah. Alec Thomas, uh, for those looking for an update as far as his progress in Reno, he's played five games now. He's hitting three thirty-three. Uh, not much power though. He's slugging three eighty one, has a three forty-eight on base percentage. So not not great numbers, honestly. Maybe steps though, right? At least yeah. his
1: average is up, which his average was terrible, below two hundred at times on the major league roster. So we saw him bring back the leg kick against lefties. We'll,
0: we'll kind of continue to monitor what adjustments he's making down there. But from strictly a numbers
1: standpoint, it's not quite what you're looking for at this point. It's just like me with cursing. You just, you can't stop me from cursing. You can't stop Alec Thomas from (laughs) leg kicking. You just need to figure out how to manage it the best you can. (laughs) What else we got there, Damon? Uh, This is where we get into the good questions. Uh, Gabriel asks, which chain has the best appetizer sampler He gives us Buffalo Wild Wings, Applebee's, and Chili's. It's all you, Derek. This is all you. Are you not an appetizer fan, Jesse? I've
0: been to all three of these places, but I I don't know if I've ever had an appetizer at any of them.
1: Are you a fan of the appetizer sampler platter? right this is Derek, in a look, at, look me oh, in the eyes a, let's, a, talk. Let's, yeah, talk. Okay. <laughs> let's talk let's talk business okay. yeah no. like we know it's our standard appetizer platter right it's usually uh potato skins loaded potato skins mozzarella sticks some nachos maybe some nachos like maybe wings. some wings right yeah, yeah. uh sliders There. by see you're starting to get into the realm of describing the exact one i'm talking about and there is no doubt in my mind that i know the exact best appetizer sampler platter that there is and it comes from tri- Chili's, and it's called the tripper triple dipper appetizer plate it comes with whatever you fucking want so i was first supposed of to say
0: chilies is just the place man first of all it comes i love chilies growing want. up i right. was i i loved their uh they had like this little kid's pizza that i was obsessed with when i was oh. like nine years old yeah uh, but yeah, that's all I got on Chili's. Was it a cheese pizza?
1: Was it a plain cheese pizza or did um, it have pepperoni on it?
0: Uh, I think the pepperoni was a little too adventurous for me. So I'm pretty I sure knew, it was just I the it was cheese. Pizza. I knew
1: it was plain. I knew it was plain. He also had spaghetti, I'm guessing with butter sauce on it. I'm guessing was one of his favorites. No, I loved, I loved spaghetti. Oh, okay. Full that on. Was. Full on oh, yeah, authentic no, that's spaghetti. true. I've seen him eat like week old spaghetti uh, unapologetically. <laughs> and he's encouraged me to do the same. He tried to drag me down with him. But the triple dipper combo at Chili's. Featuring sliders, boneless wings—I'm saying it, boneless wings—and Southwest egg rolls. There you go. That is by far the best appetizer sampler platter you can get anywhere. Did the you Southwest just say
0: something rolls. positive about boneless chicken
1: wings? I'm there? sorry, Jesse. I like look. How? I'm gonna say like I you are a man of culture. I am a man of culture. And nine times <laughs> out of ten, if you are giving me the choice, I am gonna go with a bone and wing. However. So. When we're talking about the triple dipper <laughs> appetizer from Chili's, Jesse, you got to go boneless. They're just they're just going to give you more. It's a fact that they're going to give with, you more.
0: I'm with Derek here. I think that I'm always a bone-in guy, but if you get an appetizer platter, I mean, sometimes that they throw the boneless it's in. It's yeah. like, yeah, I'll, yeah I'll, eat, I'll eat a few bone, sure. four boneless Nuggets wings. Nuggets covered in
1: hot sauce. What's not so, to so like about that?
0: I think it's like somewhat shameful to just straight up order. Boneless wings, but when it comes on a platter, it's like, oh well, yes. I didn't explicitly order
1: this, yeah. but I'll eat it uh, because I, I it's guess, here, yeah, right? Right, totally. It's and different. then you can play dumb, and then you can just enjoy the fact <laughs> that boneless wings technically come with more meat and are easier to eat. I'm saying they are but, substantially man. easier to eat. That's honestly uh, why
0: I don't like boneless boneless wings or bone-in wings are definitely better, but they're so frustrating to eat, and I hate just being like feeling like I'm all messy when I'm eating Yes, that I I don't yes. honestly like ever yeah.
1: eat bone and wings yeah, because of that. I'm a huge fan of bar appetizers. I will go to a bar and instead of getting food, I will just get appetizers. That's me. That's something I do. Uh, this is the best combo. Not to mention the fact that you can dip everything on this plate in ranch. Like – Come on. How how often is that the case? Didn't you say there was an egg roll in there? Southwest egg roll. Are you dipping an egg roll in ranch? Fuck yes you are. A southwest egg roll you are. What is a have, what is a southwest egg roll? You have obviously roll? never had a southwest egg roll. I have not. Southwest no. egg roll is it. like it's like chicken and like well almost more ingredients that you would find in like uh let's say a chicken burrito or like something uh, like Mexican food, right? Okay. But it's wrapped in the same kind of pastry as Look at this beautifulness with the corn and the stuff I got the picture up right there. That's Ooh. a southwest egg roll right there. We're we're we're, is, that, is that what we're doing after we the? We are after going the to share play, a the play the Philly's Southwest rolls after this show tonight. <laughs> I want to give exactly an what we're doing. honorable mention to Outback as well because oh, I feel like Outback has some pretty good let's appetizers. Go. Yes, absolutely. I also have friends who have made it a yearly tradition where they go to Outcat Outback Steakhouse on New Year's Eve. For some reason, I can't explain it, but it's what they do. And I appreciate it, even though I'm not part of it. Uh, What else we got? We got one more related question. uh, (laughs) And Jesse Don's bread comes on the back of Gabriel's question. And Mark asked if someone asks you if you want to share appetizers or desserts, which one are you sharing? You already confessed to not being an appetizer man. Is that the case? or are you are you well, picking appetizers over desserts.
0: Le- less so, uh, I don't know, I'm just a very financially conscious person, so I'm yes, sort of yes. like yes, I'm yes. sort of like, well, my meal is going to fill me up. Why am I going to spend extra money on an the appetizer? Yeah. But if I'm like if I'm being forced to choose sure. between one or the other, even though I normally probably wouldn't get either. I would definitely rather share appetizers with, with people Correct. than share desserts. Because desserts is like this awkward thing where you you know, you have them bring out like twelve spoons. Entirely and too personal. It is, and it, it's completely unsanitary. Am I on a date?
1: Yeah. Am I on a date? That's an important question. If I am with if I'm with Jesse, I am not fucking sharing a dessert. We're not sitting across from each other with a pazookie in between us, fucking digging into the ice cream and the cookie. It's not gonna happen.
0: You're not you're not the friend I thought you were. I'm but.
1: sorry, Jesse. We are not going fucking nose to nose in a milkshake. All right. We're not sharing an apple pie. It's not happening. I'm sorry. But it does make sense because nobody <laughs> oh, wants a whole dessert. Man. When you go to those places, nobody wants that whole gigantic piece of lava cake that they bring out. <laughs> you instantly regret ordering it. You that feel like lava a giant cake, slop. lava
0: cake is, is delicious, oh, so good. Ha- so I have good. That's at Chili's, right? Yeah, there's Chili's a lava cake. cake. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I, I've
1: worked at a lot of those places. I've had to make a lot of those desserts, so none of them really appeal to me very much anymore, but uh, I will say that one of my greatest memories in life was coming back from a Ring of Honor show in Florida, uh, in the back of a car on an hour-long drive, and I got myself a piece of to-go dessert <laughs> from waffle house. It was the best (laughs) fucking idea I've ever made. It's number one, as far as ideas I've had in my lifetime. But we thank you guys, of course, so much for the questions. We love you and appreciate you for joining us here for (laughs) mailbag Monday. Uh, we got a game tonight, right? They're playing the Phillies. It doesn't. It starts pretty it's soon. not even really tonight. It's in, in like, like an, an hour, hour, and hour and a half.
0: 3.40 p.m. I love
1: these East Coast start times. Can't get enough of them. But uh, I'll tell you, in the meantime, we're very excited to partner with Circle K. Check out your local Circle K for the best coffee, beer, and snack selection. Go get yourself stocked up for the game. Stop by on your way home, uh, get some gas, see little Derek giving you the the idea to go get a Polar Pop in the video, uh, and enjoy yourself. Have a great time. You got iced coffee for $1.89, way cheaper than you can get iced coffee anywhere else. And, of course, we got 12 packs of certain kinds of beer for just $9.99, but you can also get our friends at Four Peaks there. Sometimes it's on an incredible deal, so make sure to check out Four Peaks at Circle K. Also, their energy drinks that they have. 3 for $8 for Red Bulls, 3 for $6 for Monster. I never give you the price of the thing by itself because I don't buy that. If I'm going in to get a Monster, I'm getting three of them, and I'm ready for the next day and a half at least. Solid. God, I drink too much. I drink too much caffeine. Anyway, uh, make sure you're not missing out on all this great stuff. Right now you can text PHNX to 31310 to join their SMS subscriber club and get yourself a buy one get one free Offer on 32-ounce Polar Pops. Head to circlek.com store dash locator to find Circle K's near you. And again, grab yourself some Four Peaks beer. Uh, you can grab it at Circle K, but you can also grab it anywhere you get your beers at. Uh, you can get your favorite beer. Kilt Lifter, of course. I got this wonderful uh, Holmberg bound from John Holmberg, friends over at 98 uh, KUPD. So they have all sorts of wonderful beers. You can get special edition beers like this one out at their 8th Street Pub, and you can try all of their beers out at the 8th Street Pub. So that's a great place if you've never tried Four Peaks beer to start off. Uh, they're also giving you four peaks, four seats for an Arizona Diamondbacks game. One lucky, one lucky winner will get four seats to an upcoming Diamondbacks game. Tickets do come with D Bucks, uh, so you can grab some food, ice cold wow wheat, or hop knot, and have yourself a day of watching baseball. Uh, You can enter by going to their Instagram at Four Peaks Brew, and the link for that is in the bio. Check out at Four Peaks Brew or at Four Peaks Pub on Instagram to keep up with the latest Arizona's hometown brewery. Must be 21 or older to drink Four Peaks, and please drink responsibly. Well, the Diamondbacks start that series that we're talking about with the Phillies here. Uh, again, seven games over 500. I don't know if we expected them to be at this point at this uh, <laughs> time of the season, but this is very exciting. Uh, Phillies, meanwhile, are going in the other direction. And as we have said in the past, as Jesse kind of laid out before the season goes, uh, or season started, in order for the Diamondbacks to make the playoffs with those near 50% playoff chances that they have they need some of these other teams to kind of fall out and the Phillies definitely would be one of those teams we would like to see kind of fall out so the Diamondbacks it's an important series for the Diamondbacks and they don't see the Phillies a lot this year so it's a chance to uh, further their lead as far as that goes and further their chances at making the playoffs Uh, you can follow us on Twitter we'll be giving you updates on tonight's game as we always do a lot of Phillies are 13 and 8 at home they've been good. very good at home. They've yeah. only there are only 9 and 16 on the road, but they are 13 and 8 at home. The, I believe the D-backs have lost 10 of their games on the road and 10 of their games at home. So they are
0: Yeah, the D-backs are pretty even, 14 and 10 at home, 13 and 10, 10. away.
1: So anyway, uh you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at cap underscore caveman with a K. Jesse is at Jesse N. Friedman. Damon is at Damon Dog with a D-A-W-G and a little bark at the end, which you have to do in order to follow him on Twitter. Uh our show is at PHNX underscore D Backs, but of course all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We appreciate your time. We thank you guys so much for stopping by. Go snakes. Uh and remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it is so much more fun. When you take the time to beat bad teams in the month of May.